Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburrow and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. This week, we have a look at the idea of calling. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm sat here with Dominic today, and we are going to nerd out about this idea of calling. So Dom, you've been teaching about it on Sunday for a while. Yes. You are writing or starting to write a book, so you're... Yes. You're like fully nerding out on this at the moment. (laughs) But it's interesting as well from like AGSC College's point of view, we make a big deal of calling and it's like a a focal point of the program as well. Mm -hmm. So we're both calling nerds. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And it's interesting. I feel like it's not something we've had huge long conversations about as well. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. See, I think see, it's, see what comes out of this conversation today. Yeah, I think it's such a vital question too, um, especially after the chaos of of this last year. Yeah, everything topsy turvy now. I was thinking about that. Yeah, everyone's rethinking yeah. their life. We we actually we did some podcasts around New Year about like I think early on in probably in the summer. I say early on. The, that's weird. The, the summer was early on in the whole COVID yeah. season. <laughs> But do we, you, yeah, remember, do people, you remember when we thought that COVID <laughs> would be over by Easter? Oh man, last year. It, we we just had the wrong Easter. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, like things got shaken up, and I yeah. feel like New Year is a time when we pursue change, mm. and so it's a really good time to be asking questions about mm-hmm. calling. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we're sort of in the, mm. the time of year we're in with like mm-hmm. COVID and just our cultural norms about after the new year feeling like a time spring Mm. comes to Mm -hmm. like step into new things a little bit easier to maybe be courageous make decisions Mm. it's like this is a really really good time Mm -hmm. to be thinking about this stuff absolutely um and so yeah there's loads of stuff on sundays that we have talked about and there'll be more um but this is where we get to be a bit more anal about like what is a calling Mm -hmm. yeah just yeah, put it, put it under the microscope and be more nerdy than we would be on a Sunday. <laughs> right. And so I think a good place to begin is if you're called, that implies there is a call giver, right? Yep. And to me, it's intriguing when you when you look at the idea of calling and see it not just from a, a Christian worldview, but you, you zoom out a little bit and you see how every every person who has ever lived has a deep sense that they are called for something more. <laughs> we, and every every religion, every worldview is an attempt to answer that question, right? So in the Christian worldview, we look at calling as, yes, there is a call giver, and there is a specific thing that God has for us to do. Um, but in other worldviews, it's an attempt to try and explain away this deep sense of calling that we have. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, so you have like the myth of Sisyphus um, by Albert Camus, and he he would argue that really we aren't called, and the attempt to try and understand our place in the universe is ultimately absurd. Yeah, like we're trying to invent meaning, right, um, for our lives when yeah. actually there's 
either an absurdity to life or an absurdity to thinking there's more, which mm-hmm. is probably more Camus' point. Yeah. 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 And so we're essentially destined, you know, like the myth of Sisyphus, just to roll boulders up hills, reach the top only to yeah. see the boulder roll back down. Yeah. What a tragic... For eternity. What a tragic way Man. to live. And the yet Greek is, tragedists yeah. had this way of like giving us the metaphors to help right. us emote. Like, <laughs> here's your life. You are condemned yes. to push a rock up a hill yeah. so as, call, and watch it roll down. A calling is an illusion. Yeah. You, you may think it or feel it, but there's ultimately nothing yeah. that is calling you. And this gets to, like, I mean, I think some apologists have written about this. I've certainly had lots of conversations with people about, um, you know, when... Like you think through what it takes for someone who doesn't acknowledge God or doesn't want to follow God to have this twist of seeing like my way of viewing the world isn't going to get me the things, not just Mm -hmm. I want, but I feel like are really there to be had. Mm -hmm. And there seems to be something deep within us where we feel like a meaningful life Mm -hmm. should be there to be had, Mm -hmm. you know, to to be presented with a Sisyphus-shaped life Mm. is not just... A shame or like you know something to be lamented but it would drive us to despair because it's mm. i mean that's that was the challenge of those greek myths in some ways was to confront us with whether it was even possible to mm. conceive of life as mm. being that right you know we just we seem to be hardwired um to resist that view the sort of just eat drink and be merry right you know that there really is no purpose, mm. you know, a, a purposeless life. Um, yeah. So I, it's an interesting kind of connection that, yeah. Uh, and it, it's hard though, because then you always bump into people who seem to be fine. We're like, oh yeah, I just like drink, sleep around, play computer games, do what mm-hmm. I want, you know. But the interesting thing in the long term is watching whether you can sustain that. Yes. See, it, it, it is ultimately unsustainable. Yeah. You can get away with that for a while. Um, but you, you think of the woman at the well in John 4. That was her MO. And it ultimately led to a place of deep soul thirst. Yeah. Right? And that that's when Jesus uh, engaged her with her thirst and pointed her to the answer. And I think, yeah, a theology of calling, it... it has as its premise, there is a call giver, but also has as its premise that there is something in us that is desiring to be called. Yeah. There's something in us that... Which you see in culture, right? right? Like, think about... I mean, people have rallied to some really good things. Like, I I like the fact that we've had um, people really motivated mm. to express care about things like Black Lives Matter or climate change or education or you know like Hmm. like big things yes but there does seem to be something where people yearn Mm. to like feel like they're under a banner and Mm -hmm. the banner matters yes right yes um to just be under your own i mean this is like what the 60s to the 80s bequeathed was the Mm -hmm. idea that you can just write your name on a banner wave it and stand under it and that's (laughs) enough and the one of the great things about the millennial generation is they you know, they're in this weird place of having a really individualistic view of the world mm-hmm. and yet, um, I guess, sticking their heels in and saying that's not mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, that's right. Right? And yeah. I, lo- I love that about millennials. 
um, for all of their, you know, people poke fun at them for not being motivated, not pushing forward in life and things like that. They're not pushing forward in making the kind of life that the 80s dream mm. laid out. Mm-hmm. And and there's probably a lot of stuff to work out about what it means to actually be, be successful in building. Mm-hmm. But they're choosing not to build one type of life, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and then it's interesting, you know, they're, they're really good, really creative at reaching for, grasping for narratives which mm. they can fold themselves into mm. in order to find that meaning. So that's mm. the interesting thing about calling is it does have an external locus. Mm-hmm. It's it's deeply to do with you and your story. But if all calling is is about your story, mm-hmm. then it kind of, I don't know, falls through your hands, falls through right. your fingers, and you're like, oh, I'm left with nothing. Like it does have this external locus. Yeah. I mean, we long to be a part of a story that's bigger than ourself. Yeah. Right. And there are these innate ideas that are really woven in us by God that we want to try and make sense of. It's yeah. like that, that quote by, uh, by Lewis, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun is risen, not only because I see it, but by it, I see everything else. Yeah. And there, there is a sense in us where we want to make sense of ultimate reality. We want to make sense of the longings that are in our heart. And where Christianity's a, a beautiful answer to that is it sheds light on the source, the origin of those longings, those yearnings, and then also directs us to a larger framework, a larger narrative yeah. that we can yeah. place ourselves in. And that's the thing about this this time in which we live is, like you said, so many people in the emerging generation are longing to be a part of a larger story. They see the inadequacy, the poverty of trying to locate their story purely in themselves. Or building out some materialistic framework for their life, they there's a shift now, where maybe a few generations ago it was focused on you know building some successful material tangible thing that's your purpose. To now, our focus is we want to be a part of building out ideas, right? Yeah, a, a larger idea, a larger framework, a larger story. And I think in that that can that can get misdirected, of course. But in that, we see some kernels of, of God's spirit moving and wooing and drawing people to himself, saying, yes, there, there is a larger narrative. Yeah. Um, and it's not just the latest fad or the latest movement or whatever, but it's the story of God that he's placed us in that he wants us to partner with him yeah. and join him. And it's interesting. It, I would love to go back further in history, but yeah, maybe like the last 30, 40 years, you know, you're called to change the world. Before that, for 40 years, you're called to be secure. 40 years before that, you're called to be moral. <laughs> you know, and I mean, go back before then, yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure in America what that would be, actually. I'd have to, like, <laughs> get a historian in. But the, the interesting thing to me is, like, there's something to affirm in each of those phases of realization about something that matters about life. Mm-hmm. It's just not the holistic picture. And that's where theology can sometimes be good at Absolutely. driving us, to, like challenging us, you know, not to come to the Bible to feed something we already care about, but mm. to learn to care about new things. Mm. Um, and that, like, I, when you said, like, the big story, so this is my big thing. Like, I always tell people calling's got three ingredients. You need to learn about God and his story. Mm-hmm. You need to learn about you and your story, self-awareness, mm-hmm. which you focused on mm-hmm. that on Sunday, which mm-hmm. was cool. And you need to learn about your world. 
and actually where those three circles like a Venn diagram intersect, yes. you're probably going to find your calling in yes. the middle. But I feel like watching the world interacting, especially with young people, um, people's biblical literacy, their understanding of God's story is at an all-time low. Mm. But also, for millennials, their self-understanding is mm. an all-time low. Mm. Um, and it, in some ways, I'm okay with that. It's like their understanding of themselves, who they are, what they care about, they've let go of the sort of some of the hyper individualism so that's good but now they just keep bouncing from external call to arms to mm -hmm. call to arms mm -hmm. you know so their values are very sort of ephemeral they come and go and mm. um they're kind of pushed around by culture and the world you know mm -hmm. not there's not a concreteness to what mm. to care about so self-awareness is really hard. And so in some ways, calling is... But I feel like their awareness of the world and some of the world's challenges, they not just are aware of, but really care about. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's loads to learn still, you know. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the first two, it's sort of, wow, what a profoundly dangerous time. Not maybe dangerous isn't the right word, but like risky, like, ooh... I can see how exploring calling, answering questions for yourself about your calling could really go wrong mm. when two of the main ingredients yes. are really weak mm. at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just interesting to me. Mm. And it's interesting because the big story, because that's where I like to start people. I feel like so much of our motivation is the big banner. Like what's the big project? What's the mm. big thing we're pursuing? And it's God's kingdom come. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's sort of like, I mean, you know, we have been having the same conversation in the 90s about what's the will of God. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, everyone wanted to know what God <laughs> wanted to think about you or what God thought about you, which is awesome. Like, what a great yeah. question. Yeah. But in some ways, what the Bible says the will of God is, is like the same for me as it is for you. As it is for like yeah, most right. of what the Bible says is like, it's the same. And it's the same for calling. Yeah. Like all through the New Testament, I mean, you do have moments where Paul's like, I'm called to be an apostle mm -hmm. or I'm called to go here. Mm -hmm. But 90% of the time, the word callings in there is like, hey, we're all called to That's be right. disciples, That's to be right. kingdom makers, to be. Right. And so, so like so much of a kingdom. I was thinking of the metaphor mm. on Sunday of like, uh, you know, the body of Christ. Mm. So we're all part of this weird body called the church mm. which is jesus shaped being jesus to the world mm -hmm. now i might be a toe and you might be a thumb <laughs> so there's like there may be differences in our calling but there's no way i'm going to understand my toeness and you're going to understand your thumbness <laughs> unless we first understand mm. what the body is for yeah, right because that's what we contribute to mm. but it's it's not just that like getting the big picture first i feel like so much of our motivation is like the big the big picture thing hmm. you know like if if you if you work for a company you're like yeah i work for the it department and like i get to make sure that when people answer emails it's easier for them mm -hmm. you'd be like does that get you up in the morning like i don't know but like you work for a nike and they're like yeah like we're changing the world like mm -hmm. people are being more active people are finding more fun and enjoyment and like like yeah, and if you contribute to the big vision, mm -hmm. that's what gets you out of bed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like e even like, you know, we work for a church. Like our our vocation is ministry. We have this huge privilege of 
in, in some ways, uh, like uh, whatever helping people answer emails easier, being in the IT department is, being so close to, so easy for us to connect to the big picture, mm. but still like being a head of a department at this church or something like that, is that going to get me out of bed in the mornings? Mm. No. Like seeing God's kingdom come, seeing mm. the church become healthier mm-hmm. and like renew the work, like it's the big things that motivate us. So I love getting people to start with the the big narrative. And that's the fun thing. Yeah. Because if you're like, Matt, I just don't know. I don't know my gifts. I don't know my story. I'm confused. Mm. And it's just like, okay, you can be as confused. But there's some stuff the Bible just says is true to you. Yes. I'm going to teach you that stuff. Yes. Right? So that's, that's the key. So calling from a biblical <laughs> perspective is less about what you do. That comes in later. Yeah. And it's about who you are. Yeah. Right? We begin there. And what does God say about you? What's your identity? Um, I, I threw on an interesting thought experiment a few weeks ago where, you know, Psalm 139 says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And to me, an intriguing question is, what was the you God had in mind before you came to be? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's slightly, it may, it may borderline on some a platonic uh, type of approach to calling. But to me, it's interesting. You know, God obviously envisioned you, envisioned me, before we came to exist, before we came to be. What was the you he had in mind? And yeah. uh, it wasn't the bro- broken down, addicted, flawed us. It was the, the flourishing us mm-hmm. right L- living in sync with god's purposes for our life so i think going back further l- less of a focus on what what does he want me to do tomorrow okay yeah. we'll get to that but what did god have in mind in you at the dawn of yeah. of all things yeah. and how do we live into that and there's a there's a sort of now and not yetness mm-hmm. to embracing that identity mm-hmm. because you can go back to the garden and the purposes for humanity and you can embrace that stuff as what God's aiming at. Like it informs so much of that. And yet brokenness enters the world and God approaches Adam and Eve and he kind of reaffirms their calling, but Mm -hmm. says now it's going to have a twist. (laughs) It's going to be hard. The ground's going to kick back, you know? Yeah. And so their calling, Mm. it was like um, almost like similar aims, but different journey. Mm. And that's like the church now, like we're called to, you know, pursue God's kingdom here on earth in the midst of constant frustration that it's not possible. Mm-hmm. And so there's a sort of an internal, and this is where I think, you know, you see Christians sometimes embrace the frustration and just be like, either why bother or let's just go hide in a corner, mm. you know. Or, um, you know, to to fully embrace the transformative power of the gospel and be, like, completely active, but then <laughs> often burn out in mm. frustration. Mm. Like, that, we sit in a really interesting place in the storyline, in our mm-hmm. identity of, mm-hmm. like, the, the real me. Mm-hmm. And on an individual level, like, who does God want Richard to be? Yeah. Is, I've got the seed within me. Yeah. But it's not fully going to be given birth to yeah. till Jesus comes back. See, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting thought. I mean, we're skipping from the end or from the beginning to the end, but you know, we all carry within us a litany of unmet desires, things that that mm-hmm. are in us that we want to see happen, um, purposes, callings, dreams, visions, ideas, and 
the, re- the reality is, because we live in a broken, flawed world, it won't always come to fruition. You know, J.R. Tolkien, he, he once told the parable, I think it's beautiful, of a man who had a, a dream to paint a tree. It was like his life project. Yeah. <laughs> and he had in his mind this vision of this beautiful tree in this grassy meadow on a hill and uh, just gorgeous, gorgeous old tree. And so he's working on this for years, painting it, and it, it was consumed him. And then he died. His, his vision was unfulfilled. Yeah. And he then wakes up in heaven. He steps into heaven, and the very first thing he sees is a beautiful grassy field, and on the hill is the tree, mm. perfectly finished. Yeah. Right? And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves when it comes to calling. There's these dreams and desires and things that we want to see happen. And yet, some of those things will not happen until the renewal right, of all things. Right. So the satisfaction of our being in the now and not yet mm. is not pursuing a life where we feel like we've arrived. Right. Because then you're like J.D. Rockefeller. Like, how much money do you yeah. need to be happy? Just a little bit more. Right. You it's know? just another form of Sisyphus. Yeah. But there's a, way, there's a way of finding fulfillment in the storyline of like, I'm in the right place becoming the right thing. Yeah. And, and it's going to be an ongoing pursuit. Mm-hmm. But that is what fulfillment looks like. Absolutely. Right and I think the paradox of trying to understand your calling is in some sense to die to it. <laughs> Stop putting so much pressure on yourself to try and figure everything out. Mm-hmm. You know? So say you're 20 years old or you're 16 years old or 45 years old and you're in a space of, what does God want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I have this limited time on earth. And oh, yeah. People around me, they're figuring it out. They're successful. I'm not. I'm in this place where I'm stuck. I would just say, relax. Yep. Like, Stop trying to sort it all out. Instead, focus on who God is calling you to be as an individual. Right? You use the analogy yep. of a seed. God's put a seed within you, but a seed, by definition, takes time for it to develop and grow and for the roots to grow down. And the fruit of that seed is something that happens automatically, yeah, right? Yeah. An apple tree, you don't hear it groaning and straining. Yeah, an apple. It's not striving to produce apple. It, the apple is the byproduct of being rooted, being faithful, absorbing nutrients, yeah. right? It's Psalm 1. Yeah. I think Psalm 1 is yeah. such a beautiful um, model for calling and, and the life of flourishing yeah. God has for us. It bears fruit in its season. And so, you know, for someone listening yeah. to this right now, maybe you are in a season of you're trying to figure out God's will and you're frustrated because you don't know yet. I just maybe hit the pause button on that and just say, you know, for this next season of my life, I just want to work on being the right person. I just want to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want to live in radical intimacy with Him. And let the fruit then come in its season. It it will come. You know, sometimes the fruit isn't there because, sure, some people are lazy and they're not trying hard enough. But probably for the majority of people listening to this, that's not the fact. You're, you you are motivated. You've been trying. You've been knocking on doors. It's not, it's not an issue of motivation. But maybe it's an issue of contentedness and the ceasing of striving. And yeah. instead reordering your loves to say, yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to lay aside calling for a second and I'm going to focus on the call giver and, and let him, yeah. you know, bring about the fruit. I mean, that's a, I mean, there's a clear New Testament trend of like mission comes out of maturity. Mm-hmm. 
and, and it's complicated because actually we continue to pursue our maturity by embracing mission. Mm. But there is like a the milk of our early formation means putting roots down into things like prayer and the Bible and relationship with God and community, like things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because the twist in our world is we're maybe predisposed to feel like our belonging will have arrived when we know what our mission is. Yeah. Yeah. And actually sometimes that comes later. And I, I've watched, I mean, my, my Christian story, I've watched in lots of other people's Christian story, like God, sometimes like with Moses, you know, you care about a million things, but dude, just chill out. Yes. We'll get there. Yes. You know, and just, or even like Joshua, yes. he's on a mission you know, yes. and he encounters the angel of the Lord and he's like, dude, yeah. chill out, yeah. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. So it's like, it just backs the pressure off. Absolutely. You know, we we strive in a good way to like mm. really engage with what God has for us, mm. but balanced, like we're still a child. Mm. We're still a toddler in the house of the Lord, like, mm. a, like a young Samuel, mm. you know. I mean, yeah, that's a good example, a toddler in the house of the Lord. Like, okay, so let's say you have a five-year-old and your five-year-old comes to you in a panic one morning and, and it's just filled with anxiety. I don't know what room to play in. Should I play in the living room? Should I play in my room? Should I play outside? Should I play in the kitchen? I don't know. And you can just see they're torn up inside. They don't know what room to play in and they don't know what toy to play with. Yeah. Should I play with this toy? Should I do Lego? Should I do Play-Doh? What should I do today? Thomas the Tank Engine? Your response to that anxiety-filled child is relax. My, my house is a big house. You can play outside. You can play inside. You can play in the kitchen. You can play in your room. It doesn't matter. I, I just want you to enjoy this life that you yeah. have, right? And I just wonder sometimes if God's posture towards us as, as his father would say, relax. This is a big house. I place you here on this planet. Stop f- stressing about what city you should move to or what job you should take. And instead... Mm-hmm. Just enjoy me, enjoy this life, enjoy today, enjoy this moment. It's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah, and there's something like so much of our growing and understanding who we are, who God is, our calling in the like big picture sense is like, yeah, maybe today you were supposed to play with Legos, mm. but you play with Play-Doh. <laughs> but you know what? That will move you forward. Right. And, and, and sometimes we are like, I mean, you mentioned this kind of, almost we're immobilized by a fear of failure Mm. that we would do the wrong thing or not be equipped or not be called or not be empowered for something when actually so much of self-awareness and God's story awareness and world awareness is not about like sitting in a room, reading your Bible and contemplating your navel, Mm. but like experimenting. Mm. So it'd be like there's a skill of self-awareness, mm. of like God awareness, of God's what God's story is, what's what God's doing in the world, what God's yeah. doing in your church, things like that. And so it'd almost be like sitting down at a piano, like yeah. I'm going to learn piano, yeah. I'm going to become piano aware. We're like, okay, cool, <laughs> but like I'm afraid to touch any of the notes because I don't know what pitch they'll be. Yeah, be like, well, why don't you hit some? Right. Well, like, well, because it might not be what I expect. Yeah, be like it's not going to sound good. So what? But we've kind of, I don't know it. I, I think our fear of failure sometimes has manifested as a f- then we've put the skin on that of like a fear mm. of God. 
Mm. Like, I don't want to do something God doesn't want me to do. Mm. As if, like, if we experiment with who God's made us to be mm. and, like, play with Play-Doh instead of Lego, yes. God's going to be like, all right, no toys for you the rest of the week. <laughs> You're done playing. Like, <laughs> I hate you now. Like, that's not God. Like, yeah. But it's like, where does that come from? Where does this sort of immobilizing yeah. have its roots? Like... So much of what God said about us as his children is an invitation to explore. Yes. And yet so many of us don't live as explorers, but as people who are like afraid that God's HR department is going to come down on us like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Yeah. And here's, I mean, back to the parenting example. Um, As parents, our job as raising raising kids is is, is not so much that we want to mold our kids into a certain pattern, although there's some molding that happens, but I... I don't want to mold Amelia, my daughter, to be a person that she's not. Rather, our posture is we want to unfold our kids. We want to help them discover who God created them to be. Yeah. Right? And what if that's God's take with us, too? He's put things within us, and he wants us to unfold those things in yeah. time. To, and the way that happens is we try stuff. You step through doors. You fall down. You fail. You hit a few bad notes on the piano. It's all part of the process Mm -hmm. and the good news is and this is where we can just take a deep breath and relax when it comes to calling is god knows how to get your attention if you've gone down the wrong path yeah right so jonah he 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 took a brilliant one yeah Yeah. he he took a a few (laughs) wrong wrong steps when it came to calling he was called to go and and speak to to group of people who were in rebellion and he didn't want to go understandably if you look at the history of these people gets on a boat to tarshish and God got his attention. Mm-hmm. God sent a whale, right? That swallowed him. You know the story. And I, I, I think in those seasons of life where we're so terrified of making the wrong decision, God can send a whale. He can now. I'm not talking about those things that are obvious. Like, mm-hmm. Should I, you know, rob this bank or something? Well, obviously, you don't experiment with that. Like, there's some things we know are not God's will, but those things that we're unsure about, or there's there's something curious in us, we want to step into it. Just go for it. Try it. Take the step. Yeah. You don't know until you don't yeah. until you go. And that brings right? faith so in the foreground. Yeah. And if it? you're going down the wrong path, God will get yeah. your attention. He did that with Moses yeah. too. Moses, he had a season in his life. He's a shepherd, and and uh, God got his attention. There's some. There's a call. Here, yeah. Here's what I want you to do. And there are those moments in life yeah. where he grabs your attention and he says, "Okay, that there is a different path for you." Um, but the way we discern that oftentimes is we try stuff and we, this is where it ties back into listening to your life and being self-aware and you go down that path for a season and you're like, ah, I'm not really created for this. Yeah. That reminds me that there's a book, I'll put the link in the notes called Courage and Calling, which I just, even Mm. just for the title is good, but there's this kind of, what we're called to is sometimes something we can't see or appreciate yet Mm. because we're being transformed we're broken you know like it's that classic cultural thing people talk about like the authentic you Mm. and and it's like well do you mean authentically what you are right now or what you are aware of of Mm. what you are right now or what you feel like you're supposed to be or what god says you're supposed to be or Mm. it's such an ambiguous phrase Mm -hmm. right and if you get it wrong you just end up saying well i I just want to be true to whatever pops into my head. (laughs) There's no, no directedness to it, but it like Jonah was someone who was trapped from feeling safe Mm. 
being what God had called him to be mm. because he was trapped by his own expectations. Hmm. He, he just couldn't see a world in which being that would be good. Mm. And it, it took it took God sort of, it's like pulling nails, you know, <laughs> off his fingers, mm. like torturously <laughs> pulling him forward into little steps of faith. Yeah. But alongside, I mean, Jonah's a, complete jerk at points in the story yeah. but yeah. alongside that god being like gentle yeah. comforting healing yeah helping him process like that's who god is because we're all going to have that yeah like when we're it's going to be hard for us to make the steps of faith that stepping mm-hmm. into a calling requires mm-hmm. but it's not a sort of dynamic of like god saying all right go this way like and I'm over there waiting, and until you come over there and join me, you know, mm. that's it. Mm. You're, you're kind of cut off or something. Right. God uh, is that's, so it's not who God is. Like, yeah, and it's that explorer thing of mm. like God's. He's with us in the journey. We're like, we've got so many memes, Christian memes about that, but we just mm. we don't act as if it's true. Mm. It's like we like the idea of it, but we don't really act that mm. way. Like mm. we should embrace the Jonahness of our journeys absolutely instead of i don't know being afraid of doing the wrong step because then we might get a whale right right well it's like maybe you can relate to this you're right i remember kind of growing up in a environment where i was taught the will of god is always very very specific yeah. Right. And that can be. He knows exactly who you're going to marry. Exactly. How there's, many kids there's you have. The where you're going to live. Yep. There's the job. Yep. There's the thing he wants you to do. And you better not miss it. You don't want to be outside yep, of God's will. Once that ship sailed, oh, your life's going down the just toilet. Just think about the burden that places yep. upon people. They, they go through life just terrified of trying things. Yep. Well, I don't know if I should try this job because what if it's yeah. not the job God has for me? I don't know if I should date this person. And especially our generation. Yes. Like we were so indoctrinated to like never miss an opportunity. Mm. So it's like a double whammy. <laughs> like we're taught to really grieve the loss of any opportunity mm-hmm. and yet be completely OCD about possibly stepping into an opportunity. Mm. <laughs> that's like a, <laughs> that's the ingredients for disaster yeah, right there. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Paul, he said, all things are yours. And he has put us on this beautiful planet. He's given us gifts and resources and talents and opportunities and open doors. And he wants us to explore. He wants us to try things. And through the process of trying things, we become more self-aware. We learn how to listen to God's spirit. We Those doors open more doors. And eventually, hopefully, we find a place where we're thriving. We're like, okay, I, I was made for this. This is, this is good. This is something that is working with, with the skills and perspective and story God's written in my life. But mm. getting to that place can take a lot of time. And we can take off the pressure as well that even when we step into those things, it's not fully going to be what you hoped. The answer isn't yeah. in that, right? It's rather loving Jesus now yep. and experiencing his presence every step yeah. of the way. Yeah, because some of what God calls you to step into isn't going to be easy right. for you. Oh, It might be that God's going to gift you, mm-hmm. but it might take years to grow that gift. That's the problem with the whole things gospel, like that. The gospel of the authentic you, right? And you look at the New York Times bestsellers over the last few years, and so many of them are all about you be you, right? Yeah. And 
you see this in, in Christian subculture, you see it definitely in our secular world, um, kind of the girl-wash-your-face the- theology or, you know, be brave, wild, and free, and all, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the, 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 the books that are out there. And I don't want to fully bash, I know there's a lot of uh, interesting things in, in that type of genre, but the problem with that is it can create this psychology where you associate calling with comfort. Yes. <laughs> What makes you happy? Well, I just want to be authentic to myself. Well, to be honest, the authentic me isn't a great person, yeah. <laughs> right? The authentic me is pretty selfish and messed up. So if I'm just focused on being that person, I'm going to be incredibly miserable to be with. Yeah. The authentic you is going back to what does God have in mind? Yeah. And who has God called you to be? It reminds me of that verse, like, make your calling and election sure. Yes. Because there's a sort of, I want to feel certain yeah. about who I am, right. why I am, what you know, what I'm doing. And, you know, there's the kind of authentic you version of that, mm-hmm. which is just going to be like, I've got to find some way of building up my self-confidence. Mm-hmm. But then there's a version of making your calling and election sure where you're your belonging, your confidence is rooted in mm-hmm. the fact that God has elected you. Mm-hmm. He's invited you and and made a pathway for you yeah. into the thing he's called you to be in his story. Yes. And that may be hard, right? Yeah. From Jonah, he was called to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to. Jesus was called to the cross. He wept in the Garden of mm-hmm. Gethsemane. Paul, he desperately wanted to be called to the Jewish people. And he kept resisting God's call to go to the Gentiles, right? So much of Paul's life, it's fascinating. He's like, I want to go to the Jews. I want to go to the Jews. And God's saying, no, you're called to the Gentiles. Yeah. And every time Paul went to the Jewish people, they'd like attack him. <laughs> it was a disaster. And then every time he said, okay, fine, I'll go to the Gentiles, church plants, revivals, amazing things yeah. are happening. But it was hard, right? And God's call for our life to, to be the authentic you. Well, the authentic you needs to die in some ways. And it may be very challenging, may be very difficult that what God has for you. But when you do it, that's when you come alive, right? It's an analogy yeah. of the river I talked about on Sunday. Uh, calling, it's like jumping in. It's wild. It's chaotic. You can get bruised sometimes on the rocks. But it's also life-giving and adventurous and beautiful. Yeah. There might be crucifixion, but on the other side is resurrection. Yeah, that, that's it, is the resurrection. Because that's yeah. like Jonah. Yes. Did he come alive? Yeah, Jonah walks yeah. away at the end of the book of Jonah more well, what he's it. supposed to be. <laughs> right? But he has a moment laying yes. down under a tree where he's like, just kill me. Mm. And, and yeah, so... Yeah, and it's fascinating that Jesus <laughs> Jesus uses that story redemptively, and, and he calls himself the son of Jonah. Yeah. Right? And even as Jonah was in the belly of the whale, Jesus would be in the belly of the earth for three days and, and then would rise again. You know, Jonah is such an interesting example when it comes to calling, because had he read a lot of the New York Times bestsellers on calling, his response would have been, and was to a certain degree, well, the authentic me just wants to hang out. Yeah, the authentic me would never get on the ship. I would never get on the ship. That's not me. I'm not called to that. Um, But who God called him authentically to be was was different. Once he got there, that's when Jonah became, you know, the person God had called him to be all along. And it's interesting if you don't read the whole story because his broken, stumbling steps of faith forward, of Mm. obedience forward... If you just get to the whale, you can think, oh, man, God's just so disappointed. God wants to smack him upside the head. 
But actually, you keep yeah. reading, you're like, oh no, all these things Jonah's encountering is God yeah. meeting him in his yeah. stumbling steps forward yes. and teaching him, strengthening him, journeying with him. Yes. But I, I got to ask, because I mean, part of this as well is like, how much does our decisions have a role in calling? Because mm. there is this like, God's got one plan for your life. Right. Go discover what it is. But then if calling's this big, like, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be part of Jesus's body. Maybe I'm even supposed to be a toe, but like, do I get to decide when and how and what sort <laughs> of toe? And like, how much does, how much do my decisions, like, is there room for me to actually be not just someone who's discovering the story, but someone who's writing it. Yeah, remember those Choose Your Own Adventure books? Oh, I love those. I, I still too. do. Those are awesome. I did too. And this actually opens up a whole other can of worms of, you know, God's providence in all things. Yeah. Right. Is Has God selected for you the perfect plan Mm -hmm. And the way that you're going to solve the riddle of choose your own adventure where you'll end up on page 72. Yeah. Right. Or has he just given you the book and his foreknowledge? He knows which path you'll take, but he's also given you the freedom to make decisions along the way. And certainly our decisions do affect outcome. That's yeah. kind of terrifying and exciting at the same time. Um, but again, this is where I go back to the grace of God. Even when in good faith, we may make the wrong decision and go to the wrong page. God does send whales along the way. And that's yeah. the thing I loved about the Choose Your Own Adventure. Because, that's, that? So that's that's the timer. That's the so timer. So now, now we both get one, we get one minute for final thoughts. Okay, final thoughts. So, my, my so final people thought don't is, listen to an hour and a half podcast. Even in those Choose Your Own Adventure books where you die, you end up being, you know, torn apart by whale sharks or something. Um, it says, go back to page... 13, yeah. right? Yeah. And you can you can go again. And I, I, I think God in his grace does the same thing in our life. We end up somewhere we shouldn't be. And maybe you're listening to this right now and you've made some decisions that you now regret and you find yourself in a place in life like, oh man, I wish I hadn't done that. Well, here's the good and bad news. The good news is, and the bad news, there could be a whale in your future. <laughs> but God's going to use that in your life to, to get you to the place where, where he wants you to be. And his grace yeah. is the ultimate go back to page 13. His grace, sure, there's some things, decisions we make along the way that are irre irrevocable, like it's done. Mm -hmm. But God can redeem those bad decisions. Yeah. yeah, it may be convoluted and confusing, but it's safe. Like to go explore your mm -hmm. calling, mm -hmm. it is safe. Yeah. Yeah. You might lose a finger, but yeah. it'll be okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Can I, can I give one more example? Yeah. Okay. Last example. So um, a number of years ago when Elise and I were moving from England to America, we had a bunch of stuff with us and uh, we found that it was actually cheaper to get on board this freight ship. <laughs> That went from England to I New York. This story. Yeah, and uh, it took a week, and you're in the middle of the Atlantic, and it was crazy. It was so fun. There was like a, a big storm that came, and all that. But anyway, it was cheaper to go on that than to to, to fly. And so when you're when you're on a board a freight ship, or you know if you've ever gone a cruise on a cruise or whatever, um, on that ship you have a tremendous amount of freedom. Like you can decide what you're going to do with your day. I'm going to go swim. Am I going to go eat? Am I going to go eat some more? Am I going to go to the library? Am I going to go watch a show? Like the, the ship is big. Mm -hmm. The options are, are many. And the whole time, though, you can rest assured that there's a captain who's going to get the ship 
to the port, hopefully. Um, and so, too, in our life, I think God is leading us ultimately to his destination, the renewal of all things. It's going to happen. You can rest in that. And he's given you freedom. He's given you freedom to, to write the story he's, he's put on your heart. He's writing with you. <laughs> yeah. And if you're making a mistake, he'll correct you. Work on being the right person, and he'll get you to where he wants you to be. Yeah. And that work on, I think, that's my final thought of encouragement is just like, um, it's really good to hold those big future-directed questions, but you're never going to get the answer to them if you're disengaged from the here and now. Mm. And I think there's so many simple ways to lean into the things we know we're all called to. Mm-hmm. And like that's, those things fertilize the, the other questions, the more individual questions we have. Um, like like my body analogy, like so much of the way you might figure out your toe is by trying to be a nose and an ear and a right nipple. And, you know, mm. and then eventually you you figure out like, oh, that was kind of cool, but I, I was weird in those places. And you you learn like, ah, and it's a it's a, a process of discovery calling. Mm. And yeah, there's a goodness and a richness. Like God will bring fruit, bring blessing, mm. bring satisfaction. Even in the imperfect, like I'm not quite doing what I'm supposed to, but like this chapter is a good step forward. Yes. And there's a richness. Yes. And and sometimes, yeah, we're just we're missing out on some of the richness because mm. we want the perfect. Mm. And actually the yeah. It's like, man, if we could go get like Portland's best burger, mm. you know, that'd be awesome. But mm. it's closed. Mm. But like, well, you know, what? Burger King might be pretty crappy. But, <laughs> you know, the fries are still all right. Like, yeah, there was something to enjoy in the imperfection <laughs> of what's available. So, yeah, Maybe just that's like. That's how my wife feels about me. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. Not the ideal choice, but. We haven't done this for a while because of COVID, but the amount of times we've had conversations about going for breakfast, I, I remember this tangibly. And Elisa's like, there's this really like nice place, really healthy. And yeah. you and I look at each other like, why is that like a thing? Like, why would you choose that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get a plate of potatoes somewhere. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there's a freedom. I think yes. just stepping into the freedom and, yeah, God may send a whale. If you're being a jerk, God will let you know. Yeah. And if you've got people around you, like wise people that you're opening your life to, you know, some of those dangers, you'll head off. But if you bump into one, God redeems. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. Yes. And so there really is, like the Christian life, we ought to feel an exhilaration of exploring life instead of a fear. I love that. Yeah. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that. Have an awesome week. Step into some stuff and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College based at Westside at Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, 
go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from, along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.